Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's going on, Fantasy Champs? My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as always. What's poppin', Rick? What's poppin'? Well, we just talked about breakouts for like the last week and a half or so. And, uh, and now we're going to jump into the uh, top riskiest players uh, grouping of episodes. We're just talking about running backs and wide receivers on these two shows. Um, we're not going to waste our time on tight ends and quarterbacks. You know, there's some tight ends and quarterbacks that probably should be on the list. But, yeah. So today we're going to talk about our top riskiest running backs. Um, I hope you were enjoying uh, the off season. I mean, uh, the preseason and all of its glory. Um, it's been an interesting ride, and I'm I'm ready. For, I'm ready for preseason to be over. It was fun one weekend, but now it's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm getting sick of it. I want to see real football. So anyway, it's coming. It's coming fast. Um, so before we jump into uh, our top riskiest running back, check the website. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcasting platforms, please leave a review and share this pod with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, click the bell for notifications, and like and comment down below. I talk about this every year. I think there's definitely players that you shouldn't draft in fantasy football, but a lot of times I've realized that every player to me is draftable within a certain range. And the only guys that I really put on a do not draft list are typically guys whose ADP is way too high. Right. Um, Gabe Davis last year. Perfect example. Exactly. Um, So the riskiest players is not really a do not draft list. It's really a list of guys that based on ADP and based on other mitigating circumstances makes them slightly more risky in fantasy football or a lot more risky in fantasy football to draft Um, that could lead to being a bust. I don't believe in just outright saying a player is going to be a bust in fantasy football because I do think that everybody has value at ADP. You know what I mean? Like you, you shouldn't say I'm not drafting that guy at all because I, because I think they're a bust, Mm -hmm. but then that player is in the 10th round and it's like, well, if you think they have any chance of being good, but you also might think they're a bust, why not take a shot in the 10th round? Exactly. completely different story if they're in the top three rounds and you think they're going to bust, then that's just not at value. So every player is worth something at the value that you can get them at. Um, so I look at the riskiest shows just kind of explaining uh, the the riskiest shows, the riskiest running back wide receiver shows as uh, a way of us just to point you in the right direction on players that you know, because sometimes those those top five rounds, you really don't need to be taking massive risks. You just, you know, there's some guys that definitely have a chance to break out that might be a little bit more risky to draft, but you don't need to be taking unwarranted massive risks on your team when there's other guys available. Mm-hmm. So anyway, any thoughts on that? No, I think we can just jump right into it. Okay. All right. Number one on this list, it hurts a little bit because we've been teetering back and forth all off season. But this week, something happened that kind of pushed it over the edge for me and made him a risky player and somebody that I wasn't drafting. Because over the last couple weeks, there has been some news. There's been some stuff floating around about this player. It is Brees 
Hall. Now, Brees Hall. Rick loves himself some Brees Hall. He, Do. he does love Brees Hall. And right now, Brees Hall is going uh, somewhere in the second round, second to third round. Um, and that's current ADP, even mm-hmm. after the news that we got happened. So there's a couple, not sleeper. This is on sleeper, yes. Um, so there's a couple of different things that happen. A, for me, the reason why I started fading a little bit on Brees Hall is last year he obviously sustained um, an injury. He tore his ACL, correct? Correct. Yeah. He tore his ACL. So players returning from an ACL injury typically don't have the fastest start and they don't have the best season. Year two is usually a lot better. We've seen that from guys like Saquon Barkley, among others. So usually year two off that injury is way, 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 way better for that running back. Brees Hall had an ACL injury. So for me, I was already kind of like, I want Brees Hall. I wanted to be a breakout, but I'm just having a hard time with this whole injury thing. So I, I was kind of in the middle on drafting him. Uh, and then he missed practice uh, and he's been suffering with some knee soreness and all that stuff. And I'm like, I just don't like it. I don't like this. I don't like the news surrounding Brees Hall. And then they signed Yal- uh, a couple days ago, they signed Dalvin cook. And if this was like Ezekiel Elliott or Leonard Fournette, I would more or less be like, all right, they're just trying to get somebody in there that can spell Brees Hall. Dalvin Cook is coming in to take like 50% of the work. Like he's not coming in to be like part of the team and come in on third downs. Like he is going to be in there with Brees Hall. And Dalvin Cook's got something left in the tank. Um, the only reason why he's not on the Minnesota Vikings right now is because the Vikings did not want to pay a running back as much as he was going to get paid. So for me, though, all of those circumstances make Brees Hall an extremely risky pick at his ADP, because if he was in the fifth or sixth round and he falls into that region, like, sure, it, you know, it might be worth a shot at taking him if he's in the sixth round. Um, but where he is right now as a top three round player, um, getting drafted probably as like the the 14th running back off the board or somewhere in that vicinity makes him way too much at cost. And to me, with all of the extra stuff, it makes him extremely risky. And regardless of whether he plays week one or not, if he comes out and he's just not efficient and not good, you don't want to be the guy that owns, you know, Brees Hall for the fantasy football this year. So um, he's one of my riskiest running backs at this point, and And I'm fading on Brees Hall. Yeah, and you are right. I do love Brees Hall. I loved him coming out of the draft. I've been on Team Brees Hall for a while. Mm-hmm. And by the, the sound of it, I, I think I'm a little higher on Brees Hall than you. However, I still don't really want to draft him either, especially at that ADP. Um, and the Dalvin Cook news like wasn't surprising to me because I expect them to bring in a running back, and I even expected Dalvin Cook – but I did my projections like two weeks ago on the Jets. Yeah. And I included Dalvin Cook in there because I was like, I think they're just going to sign him. So I'm just going to put him in. And he came out as my RB16. At the time, he was getting drafted as like the RB10. And I was like, I- I'm going to be out on him with that price. And it seems like he hasn't really dropped that much. Yeah. 
He's still like RB10, maybe like RB11, RB12, and I still don't love him there. I don't. And now if he continues to drop as we get further along and he seems like he's going to be ready week one and he drops down to like, you know, fifth round, Mm -hmm. then I'm it. But as of right now, he's just, the price tag is too early. And he's definitely a risk because that's what this show is about. It's about risky running backs because we saw what J.K. Dobbins was last year coming off the injury. He just wasn't the same player for most of the season. And now with a guy like Dalvin Cook, I wouldn't be surprised if there's moments where they're going to ride the hot hand with Dalvin Cook, right? If he's playing well, they're going to keep him out there. Mm. And it could take away legitimate snaps from Brees Hall, which, as you said, like a guy like Fournette or Zeke probably wouldn't do that. Um, I don't know if it's going to be as – like I don't think it's going to be 50-50. I think if Brees Hall is out there and healthy, he'll get majority of the work. But how close is it going to be? Is it going to be close to 50-50? Mm. Is it going to be mostly Brees Hall? I don't really know. Um, I think I projected it as like a uh, like a 60-40 type split. Mm-hmm. Um, so – or maybe like a, a 60 40, but Brees Hall also gets a little more receiving work as well. Yeah. So Brees Hall is still clearly the guy, but it's not like it's not over the top. Right. So it's tough. It's a risky pick. And, mm. and if you want to draft them still at the end of the second or early third round, go right ahead. But I, I'm probably avoiding that. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, the next guy is a little bit hotter of a take. And it has nothing to do with our love for him or his ability. Um, it just has a lot to do with uncertainty, and it's it's Jonathan Taylor. Um, which we just got some news here that he has Uh-oh. been excused from Colts. Camp. Oh yeah, no, I saw that. Yeah, um, but he's been trying to rehab an injury that he got, and so basically the rundown is this if we were going into the season and and Jonathan Taylor there was no news on him and there was no like back and forth or problems uh, I would I would totally be comfortable with drafting him in the top five and I've you know I've stated that in previous episodes Pro- not in the top five of fantasy football top five at the running back position holy crap so let's clarify um, <laughs> big problem with Jonathan Taylor at this point is he's going through a major contract dispute with the Colts and it has nothing to do with him getting a contract. Uh, but just the team and him going back and forth on an injury situation and Jonathan Taylor, Taylor's team kind of saying he doesn't want to play for the Colts anymore. And the Colts saying you're staying here. And now they're playing fickle with preseason and training camp practices and all of that crap. And, uh, and so he's been in and out rehabbing. Um, the team has been kind of, I would say rude to him and things have not gone well. So we don't know if Jonathan Taylor is going to be on the Colts or not, but usually to me, when a running back leaves a football team, it doesn't really lend to good situations. Obviously if a situation occurred where Jonathan Taylor went where he should have went ultimately when the chiefs drafted Clyde, uh, Mm -hmm. If he goes to the Chiefs, I mean, that's great. If he goes to a football team that is very good, like the Bills or even the Dolphins, right? If he goes to somebody who needs a running back and who will give him the full gamut of work, that's really good news. 
The problem is I don't know how many teams in the NFL would do that. Now, I still think he would be a great fantasy asset regardless of where he went, but we've never seen a running back leave a football team this young in their career, at least in the modern age of running backs, leave a team this early in their career and go to another team. Usually what happens is they play four or five years and then they suck and then they have to leave, i.e. Todd Gurley, you know, basically every running back that becomes a massive success in fantasy football. So he's going into what year three and he's going to leave his football team. Like you just don't know what can happen in that scenario. So I don't know if he's going to be on the Colts. I don't know if he's going to be on another football team, but all of this leads me to believe, and he's also on the PUP. All of this leads me to believe that maybe he doesn't even start, you know, to begin the season. He's not even on the starting lineup and like, not necessarily be like, he's not just going to be sitting on the bench, but like he's not playing football because he's holding out or whatever. The team can't make a decision on him and all kinds of stuff. That's a problem to me. And when you're talking about drafting a guy early second round at the running back position, that's far too much risk. We might have more answers by the time we get to a week before the season starts, but right now you just don't have enough answers and it's way too risky, especially if like, I don't think Jonathan Taylor has practiced yet. No, I don't think so either. And like, so that's an issue to me. He's still dealing with some injury things and it's just, it's all over the place. And I think the ADP that you can, you're getting him at is just way too high. I'd let another team take him at that. If he fell into like the third round, I think it would be better, but this is all for a guy, by the way, that last year did not perform well. (laughs) Like he was mid. You know, and it was hard for me to even be like, okay, I'm okay with drafting him in the top five. That was just a talent thing. Like, I've seen it before. I know he's talented. I know he's good. They get the offensive line together. This is really good. We don't know what the Colts are going to be. We don't know if the offensive line is They also have a rookie quarterback. They also have a rookie quarterback. I don't think it's going to be a good football team, and I don't think that Jonathan Taylor is, like, automatically poised to have massive success. So that's underneath all of the garbage that I just talked about. And it's just like, it's, it's, he's way too risky at this point for me. And it's like, it makes me frustrated because there's already no running backs to take. (laughs) (laughs) It's a receiver year. I guess so. We've fully transit. I mean, it was last year too, but I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's actually, there's a lot of running backs. I like, there's just not many that I love. If I'll put it that way. Yeah. But uh, yeah, with Jonathan Taylor, man, you're you're absolutely right. There's just there's so many red flags with him, and then it's just like another thing. It's just one thing after another. The injury is he actually healthy? He hasn't practiced. What's his contract situation? Is he going to hold out? Is he going to get traded? We just don't know. We really don't know. And then if all things are positive and he and he stays, like best case scenario, which is why you're draft. He's getting drafted at best case scenario where all this stuff is just whatever, right? He ends up playing with the Colts. Maybe they're yeah. they're like, we'll figure this out next year, um, but I'll just play the, this season and honor my contract sort of thing, and he's, and he's healthy. Then you also have to assume that mm-hmm. he's able to play better than what he was last year, which I think he can, but it's just like, it's just another thing. Um, where there's just way too many red flags. His ceiling is high, obviously. He's Jonathan Taylor. So he does play or he gets traded to like the chiefs then you know you could be back in but as of today where we're standing he is too risky yep agreed uh number three 
Derrick Henry. <laughs> wow, what a surprise. We can't, we can't have a podcast about running backs without mentioning Derrick Henry, I feel like. Yeah, um, I do like Derrick Henry, and I do actually think that the ADP is softening to a point where he could he could he could fall a little bit. Derrick Henry third round? Yeah, I mean, heck yeah. I might yeah, be I on. Mind that. It. I don't mind. I like it. But Derrick Henry, you know, has been great. He's done a lot of great things, you know, going all the way back to that uh that stretch of games that he had at the end of the his not his breakout season, but what caused people to be like I'm all in on Derrick Henry. Uh, he had like a five-game stretch after that Jaguars game where he stiff-armed everyone, had like 300 yards, and he was yeah. just really good. And uh, that entire offseason, I championed him being a bust. And then he came out and he was elite. And then I was like, this can't continue for this guy. And then he did it again. And then I said, you know what, I'm just going to shut up and not say And he did it again. And then he did it again. So um, how many times am I going to say he's a bust? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, – I don't necessarily think he's a bust because if he gets 400 carries and he plays, like it don't matter. He's going to be a top six, seven running back all on him almost automatically. Uh, the big thing for me is age with him. Um, he's almost in his thirties unless he is in his thirties yeah. and he's 29, 29. So uh, he's, he's almost in his thirties. <laughs> he's as old as I am. Gee whiz. But anyway, uh, he's he's almost in his 30s. He's never really been injured. Um, and I'm not talking about like a major injury, but like he's never really like missed, missed time, which is good. But for a guy that has so much workload under his legs, I feel like at some point something's got to give. Like something's going to happen where he, unless they decrease his workload, he's going to get hurt in some way. Um, but I don't think the Titans care. I think they're just going to run it with him into the ground and that'll yeah. be it. So, you know, whenever the wheels fall off or when they fall off. But there's to me, there's always the risk with Derrick Henry that it does fall off because he is an older running back. And that might be my dynasty brain talking. But, like, you don't want to – you don't – at this point in his career, you don't want to hold on to him, right, or draft yep. him and be the guy that – had him when he fell off. Right. Cause then you just lose the asset. Right. So like to me at this point, there's always a line for me, like where it's good to draft vets, but like, is it a good idea to draft vets as hot? Like Devonte Adams is like a smash. Yes. You should probably pick him kind of player. I projected him really high, but he's also like in his thirties. It's like, yeah, is that going to continue but, for him? And so that's how I feel about Derrick Henry, where it's like 28's the cutoff point at the running back position for most guys. Right. And Derrick Henry right now is he's hit the cutoff point. Last year we were nervous about him. Like this year I'm even more nervous. So, and the Titans suck. So there's, <laughs> I mean, there's multiple areas and venues that you have to go with this. But um, Derrick Henry, they're just probably going to run into the ground at this point. Yeah, and it's like the thing with like a thirty-year-old receiver. I don't love, but I think you you can still get pretty good production out of that, right? Because yeah. I think receiver like D Hop is what like thirty-one, going to be thirty-two. Yeah. So I think that you you start to get in that range is where it cuts off for a receiver. For a running back though, it's usually at like twenty-eight. 
28 is usually the cutoff age. Once you get past that, it's kind of usually downhill. And Derrick Henry's 29. Yeah. So 29. It, uh, it could definitely happen at any moment. It can happen this year. And that alone makes a risky pick because people will be like, I already know most people who uh, play fantasy or love Derrick Henry because he's historically been great. So they're just going to see Derrick Henry's name and draft him and not think twice about it and call us idiots for considering it mm. a risk. But the age thing is real. It is absolutely real. The age concern is real. Not to mention the Titans might be as bad as they've been since, uh, since Derrick Henry has been like the King the last couple of years, the last like five years or so. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, think the titans are a playoff team this year and i know they weren't last year but they were close at least last year i don't know if they're even going to be close i feel like they're probably like a seven win team yeah uh so i mean we'll see but i don't know there, there's definitely some risks and he's finally kind of rising in adp which makes me sad because i was actually going to draft him this year mm-hmm. but now it is a current adp i don't really know because he's right behind nick chubb and i know for a fact that i'd rather have nick chubb yeah than Derrick Henry. Um, and I'd probably rather have Josh Jacobs than Derrick Henry as well. If Josh Jacobs comes back, he, another guy who's risky, because he hasn't practiced yet either, either is on a holdout. <laughs> so, which kind of sucks, man. These running backs, dude. He almost had 400 carries last year. He did. That's unbelievable. I saw that and I was like, well, how do I project this guy? Don't yeah. go overboard no. me. No, so, I mean, there's obviously a lot to love with Derrick Henry if he stays healthy, but... Mm-hmm. The age cliff is real. The offense potentially struggling is real. DeAndre Hopkins helps, but if Traylon Burks is out. Yeah, and the history of guys, too. Those old running backs that fall in the third round, like Zeke was yeah. that last year. Yeah. And it's like the history of that. Leonard Fournette last year, too. Yeah, it's not great. Not a great history. And, like, it feels like Derrick Henry's one situation. Now, he's still getting drafted high, so, like, he's not he's not going to be in the third round, most likely in your league. He's just too He was. He, he was, like, a couple weeks ago. He was a third rounder. Not anymore. But, uh, anyway, let's talk about our next guy, DeAndre Swift. Love Swift. This is hard for me to do. I still probably draft him because I'm stupid. But um, Swift is a dude who we love, but really at this point, he's had some really great rushes. He's done some really good things at times. He's dealt with injuries. Flashes of greatness. He showed flashes of greatness, but has never really done it at a consistent clip and has never really been great. Um, in fact, if you just look at it, he's kind of been slightly better than Clyde. And uh, yep. not to bring Clyde back. I keep talking about him. There's something wrong here. But um, the Eagles obviously traded a fourth and a seventh round pick, which I, I do think that there's some value there. Like teams value their fourth round picks. They don't value their sevenths. But so there's there was some value. Was there it a fourth and a seventh or was it a fifth? Fourth and a seventh. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I you know, it, you could you could say like some people I've heard say that a fourth and seventh is like not good in NFL draft capital. Like they don't care and they'll just dump it. But I've seen people, I've seen NFL teams hold players and not trade them for sixth round picks or yeah. whatever. So I, you know, it just depends on the team. But I think the main thing for me is is a. There's been camp reports that are saying that he is essentially the third down back and he's going to be in a timeshare role with Rashad mm-hmm. Penny and Kenneth Gainwell. And there has also been, uh, which is not great coming from camp. Um, and he's also going to a, a football team where Jalen Hurts 
was tied for the lowest check down rate in the entire NFL last year. Um, and so the running back position is not going to be hyper targeted. Um, right. It makes it really difficult. And if there is injury concerns, he hasn't looked great in camp and there's not a lot of pass catching opportunity. If he doesn't carve out a starting role for himself where he gets 60% of the snaps early, I don't know what it's going to look like for DeAndre Swift. Now, I believe in the talent. I believe in the player. Like, I think he's really good. Mm -hmm. And I think that if if he steps on the field and they give him a couple reps, it'll show real fast. Um, I think in the preseason game, he stepped on the field and he had a couple of really good runs already. But He had one um, really, really good run where he broke a dude's ankles. But there's enough there where you look at him and you go, whoa, like, this guy could be good. But then they also, like, everyone's kind of glazing over, including myself, everyone was glazing over the fact that they brought in Rashad Penny. Yep. And like, he's not a bad running back either, you know? And they really like Kenneth Gainwell and that other guy that they had. Boston Scott. Boston Scott. So it's like a lot of stuff going on for the Eagles backfield. Lots of risk here for DeAndre Swift. Um, His current ADP, I think is like 603 or someone somewhere in that vicinity. So sixth round, not bad for him, but it just, it, it, all of these mitigating factors make me nervous drafting him at 603, especially when most likely in your fantasy league, he, he would be a day one starter. Yeah. And so that's the thing with, with Swift is like, I, I wanted to be in on him and he's even with the injuries he's had and the inconsistencies he's had, he's been at least an RB two yeah. every year of his career. Um, and 2021, he was an RB one in points per game. Um, in PPR, he was RB15. Last year in 14 games, like he, he only had 99 carries last year in 14 games, and he was still RB21, mm. which is a low on RB2 in nine with 99 carries. Like that's pretty insane. Um, he's clearly got talent, but he just, he's kind of soft as a player, which is why the Lions don't like him, didn't like him. And he also has injury histories. And now he's on a team that, is probably going to split their backfield and doesn't throw to running backs when he's the pass catching running back. Like it's just a lot of, a lot of question marks. And I do love Swift. I love the talent Mm -hmm. and it makes me want to draft him, but it's just hard to, especially where he's going ADP wise, um, where he's ahead of guys like Kamara, who is only suspended three games. He's right there with a guy like JK Dobbins and Miles Sanders. He's ahead of a guy like Cam Akers and James Conner, who, at least have more clear work ahead of them. Mm-hmm. So like, it's tough and there's reports and I don't know if you've seen this, that Kenneth Gainwell is the guy that's going to start week one. It looks like he's taken a majority of the reps in training camp, yeah. first team reps, and they didn't play him in preseason and they, they sat their starters and they sat Kenneth Gainwell and Swift and Penny played. So it's just like, it's gross. It's such a gross situation there with Philly. Um, and as much as I like Swift, the talent of the player, I'm just not, I'm probably not drafting him at his ADP. Now that could backfire because I think you're a penny injury away and then Swift just outplaying oh, yeah. game well from yeah. him being really good. Right. But quickly there's just, the... there's just too many questions. Which penny gets injured all the time he does. and game yeah. is easily outplayed. So, I mean, things, things could turn, like you said, very quickly on that, but yeah, Swift top riskiest player. Um, this guy, probably the least riskiest of the group because of the floor, but still risky is Alexander Madison. Um, A lot of people probably would disagree with this, um, but 
the Madison hype is getting a little out there. It's getting a little out of control. And um, at the running back position currently, he's an RB one. He is going at ADP of fifty eight. So he's in the same vicinity, one pick off of Alexander Madison, and um, I mean um, of DeAndre Swift. And to me, at this point, I don't necessarily think that Alexander Madison. Like everyone is making the the assumption here that um, he's just going to walk in and be the number one guy and that in the games that he played without Dalvin Cook, that those are going to compound over the course of the full season into him being what Dalvin Cook was, right? Mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, last year in PPR settings, Dalvin Cook was running back 11. So if we're talking about, you know, Alexander Madison, who I think is a worse version of that. You know, if we say Dalvin cook had 14 points per game and we say that it's probably more like 11 points per game for Alexander Madison, all of a sudden he drops into like the, the twenties at the running back position somewhere around like what Devin Singletary was last year between 190 and 170 points. So like if something like that happens, you're basically, you're either overdrafting him or you're drafting him at cost. And if you're a zero running back person and you're drafting all wide receivers, hoping that you get Madison as your, you know, shot play at the running back position, you have a better shot at taking guys like uh, Miles Sanders and, and, um, and running with them instead of taking Alexander Madison. So to me, obviously he's going to get the work. He's going to be the number one guy. Like right now on the unofficial depth chart on the Vikings website, um, he is listed as the number one running back with guys like Ty Chandler and Kenny and Guanu and in Wow. Wow, dude. How do you say your name? <laughs> I'm just going to call you Kenny and Guanu. Yeah. Um, like there's not a lot behind him, um, you know, but this is also a team that that might be in the running back market. They could go get Leonard Fournette or Kareem Hunt or some one of those guys mm-hmm. and add him to the roster. So, you know, like we'll see what happens when the time comes for Alexander Madison. But I really, at this point, don't think that he is going to be that number one running back for this football team, at least for the the balance of the whole season. And even if he is, it's not going to be hyper-efficient. It's not going to be this really, really good running back that you saw all this time. Um, so I just, with all that said, I just don't think it's a great, it's a great buy. Agreed. And I do think he's not necessarily as risky as the other guys because he's got a clear path, mm-hmm. but his ceiling is not high. Um, and I do think they, they're going to use other guys. And you briefly brought up like them potentially signing another guy as well. Uh, Kareem Hunt visited them like two days ago. So uh, if they sign somebody like Kareem Hunt and you're dra- let, let's say you're drafting tonight and you take Madison in the fifth round and then they sign Kareem Hunt. Yeah, that's to me, I would be yeah, I would be really disappointed in that, and I, I think he he falls out of even the RB two conversation at that point because I think Hunt would kind of it would be similar to like the Dalvin Cook Matt um, Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall situation, mm-hmm. except it's worse players. Like Madison is worse than Brees Hall, so it's like yeah, it's a wor- it's almost worse situation. So, um, I I would have a lot of concerns with Madison. Um, even if they don't sign anyone, they keep it the way it is. I do think they're going to use some of these other guys 
um, in, in spurts and Madison's not going to get like the true workhorse that people think he is. He's also not really efficient. Um, even when Dalvin Cook's gone down in the past, he was a great handcuff, but he's not efficient enough to be consistent on a week-to-week basis to perform at a high level. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he had like four yards per carry last year. So it it's kind of gross. Um, he's not a great player. He's not a super talented running back. Yeah, 3.8 yards per carry in the year before that was 3.7. Wow. So it's pretty gross, but he is going to have opportunity. And uh, if they don't sign anyone, he could be – a solid floor play for you, but I, I'm not like going out of my way to draft Madison. I do think there's some risk involved there. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. There you go. There's your top riskiest running backs in fantasy football. Brees Hall, Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry, Deandre Swift, Alexander Mattison. Um, try not to draft these guys. I mean, if you desperately want to, uh, whatever, but hey, if they fall, hey, they sure, fall. But... sure. Um, but anyway, we'll see you later guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.